Welcome to Ponder and Practice, your one-stop shop for all things living both well and long. You deserve to feel comfortable being yourself as soon as possible and for as long as possible. I'm Dr. Katherine Hoffman, a naturopathic physician specializing in mental health with a simultaneous obsession with all things feeling better at 100 years old than you did at 20. If you want to be at your very best, mind, body, and spirit, for all that remains to you of this life, you're in exactly the right place. Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of Ponder and Practice. Thank you so much for joining me here today. It is, of course, as ever, such a pleasure and an honor to share this time and space with you. So thanks for hanging out with me. So I wanted to spend some time today talking about the fact that... um, Just because something is familiar does not mean that it is safe or healthy. And the reason I wanted to talk about this is because the reason I'm so passionate about boundary setting is because it's really about creating, setting good boundaries, setting artful boundaries is really about creating a safe space for yourself so that you can be who you are in a place that is not threatening. And this could be a physical space. It could be as simple as, I mean, a boundary can honestly be as simple as closing a door, to be completely honest, Um, like putting up a do not disturb sign. Um, Or it can be about the mental or emotional space, right? So sometimes it's better to not have certain conversations with certain people in your life because those folks don't necessarily understand. And not only do they not understand, but they're not willing to put in the effort or they're not willing to make themselves vulnerable to say, you know what, I don't get it and I want to understand, right? So some folks aren't capable of doing that. And so we set a different kind of boundary with those folks. Um, So, but in whatever form they take, um, another one that comes to mind before I move forward is, you know, taking some time to yourself or like going off on a drive by yourself or taking a walk by yourself or going off with your spouse and spending time with them, whatever it is. So you can also set boundaries around things that are rejuvenative practices for yourself. And whatever these things are, right, let me get back to my original sentence here, whatever boundaries you're setting, whatever form they take, in essence, the th- these things that you're doing are in order for you to fully be able to be who you are and feel good in the process um, and feel safe in the process. And as for myself, um, I, I tend to fall on the really far other side of the spectrum of boundary setting, right? So there are folks who have you know, seemingly no boundaries at all. And they're just super open with everyone and they don't care. And it's, um, you can talk about certain, um, pathologies is not my favorite word, but, um, different underlying issues that that could point to. So that's on one end of the spectrum. And then you have on the opposite end of the spectrum, folks who are like walls up all the time, um, and have a lot of boundaries. And I fall on that end of the spectrum personally. And so as I've been considering this and working through some things in my own life, it occurs to me that um, that's how I feel most safe. Um, And it's also what feels most familiar to me as being very um, protective of myself. And this is for a lot of different reasons, and it's not really material, material to this conversation. But what matters is the fact that wherever you sit on this spectrum, 
just because something is familiar to you doesn't mean that it's necessarily um, the healthiest or safest situation or context, um, conversation, relationship, whatever it might be for you to be in. And this is worth talking about because it's a lot of folks, most folks, maybe everyone, no, I don't think everyone, but it's really hard to make a shift when you don't feel like, or when you're not in a kind of a massive state of discomfort or pain. It's much easier to make changes when the status quo has been um, shaken or when you're in a place where you're realizing that if you don't take a step, if you don't make a change, if you don't shift something in your life, something else that you really care about is not going to be there anymore or something else that you care about um, won't be attainable whatever that might look like. So for example, if we're talking about boundary setting, um, a couple episodes ago, um, I think it was episode 100 actually, um, I talked about how to reconcile being of service with setting boundaries. And so part of this, right, if we're talking about making changes when only when you're at a place where it's becoming painful, a lot of folks a lot of women who are in um, service-oriented businesses only really start to think about setting boundaries when they're at a place where they're legitimately burning out, when they cannot physically, mentally, emotionally show up for their work. And then they realize, oh, hey, I better start setting some boundaries because work really matters to me and I can't do my work. Um, And so we don't think about it. We tend not to think about boundary setting as a preventative action. And we only think about it when we're already in a state where it's like, oh no, like this isn't working out for me. I'm not feeling too good. Um, I can't show up and do my work in the way that I really want to. And then we start thinking about, oh, I should probably set some boundaries around taking care of myself and around how often I take meetings and around, you know, not working 20 hours a day or whatever it might be. So this is, this is what I'm talking about when I say that a lot of folks, most folks don't make changes in their lives until they're bumping up against that rock um, or they're stuck in between that rock and a hard place and they kind of got to blast their way out of it because if they don't, they're going to be in a world of hurt much worse than what they're already in. Um, and so how does this relate to this sense of feeling safe or familiar? It's very easy to think that just because you're familiar with a state, with a situation, because something is comfortable and rolling along, it's very easy to think that there's no changes that necessarily need to be made there if you're not in frank pain. Um, and sometimes even if you are in frank pain, if it's a familiar kind of pain, then it can be difficult to try and shift out of it. Um, For example, I had a friend in um, when I was in school who experienced like really intense stomach pain, Um, but they were used to it and they were accustomed to dealing with it day in and day out. They had had some workups done, but at a certain point they were like, you know what? It's just here, it's just gonna be there, so I'm just gonna deal with it and it's fine. 
Um, if they had other kinds of pain, right, like maybe they would get a headache or something like this, that would be much more alarming to them and they would be much more likely to take that more seriously because that was an unfamiliar pain. As human beings, we are really good at adjusting to what we experience on a day-to-day basis, which is why we've also seen this throughout the pandemic thus far, where like the first month it was like, oh my gosh, this is never going to end. This is the worst. How are we ever going to get through this? The second month it was like, oh my God, this is still the worst. How are we ever going to get through this? And then by the third and fourth month, um, most folks had have settled into a new routine. And now we're out, gosh, a year and a half later, just about. And um And now it's like, oh, shoot, I have to go back into the office. What? Why? Like, why can't I just keep working remotely? Um, And so we've adjusted to this. We've shifted our our expectations of how the day should go. Our rhythms have adjusted. And so we're in a new state that we're used to being in. So it has now become familiar. Now, hopefully, from a couple of these illustrations, you can see that familiarity obviously does not necessarily equal safety, Um, you know, particularly in terms of physical discomfort Um, and also in terms of relationships. I'm sure that you have had relationships in your life that maybe they were familiar, but you kind of knew like not the best place for you to be. Um, But because it's familiar, because you already know what to expect, you hang in there and you stay where you're at. Um, There's a key that helps to let you know whether or not a situation is safe. Um, And I mean safe at every level of the word, like psychologically safe or physically safe, whatever it is. Although if something is physically unsafe, a relationship in particular, hopefully that would be fairly obvious to you. Um, But the key to really understanding, like, is this something that I need to change because it is both familiar and unsafe? The key to learning to differentiate that is anger. Um, And learning to understand what your anger is and what it's telling you. Essentially, what anger tells us is it's a red flag. It's a bright neon sign that says, this situation is not safe for me. There is something here that is threatening some aspect of my being, my physical well-being, my mental well-being, my emotional well-being, um, the safety of my ego, whatever that is. And so if you have anger coming up around something, this is a really good sign that this situation or context or happening is something that maybe, yes, it's familiar. Maybe it's happened 10,000 times. Um, And if there's anger building in there, that's a really good clue that something needs to change. There's something here that bears examination, that bears a closer look, um, and that bears some tweaking and shifting. The complication here, (laughs) um, it's never quite so simple as we want it to be. Um, So the complication here is that often what happens is that if you especially are a woman and you have been taught that you're not supposed to feel angry, that you're not supposed to feel resentment, that your job is to be present for everyone else and neglect your own wants, needs, desires, what have you, 
then you're in a place where that state of low level anger, rage, resentment, annoyance, um, yeah, that pretty much covers it. But like you're sort of accustomed to having a dull roar of these emotions. And so you don't pay attention to them because you're so used to shoving them down, ignoring them, pretending they're not there. And it has become familiar. <laughs> um, these emotions have become really familiar to you and you're accustomed to dealing with them, right? So just like my friend who had really bad stomach pain and was just accustomed to dealing with it to the point that she was like, yeah, whatever, it doesn't matter. Um, and she wouldn't really pay close attention to it. That's how your anger shows up in your body, right? Your body is still in a state of physiologically experiencing this emotion. So there's still tension. There's still maybe, um, jaw clenching. There's still shallow breathing. There's still all those biochemical markers that we can pull out of your blood that show us that you're stressed um, and overtaxed, right? Your body is still in this state of stress and anger, even if you're used to it, even if it's familiar to you and you're like, it's fine. It's just this way and I don't need to deal with it. Um, this this is important to be aware of. Um, it can take a it can take some really due diligence to start to change, but it's worth being aware of because if you want to be super intentional and if you want to get to this level of um, jokingly I call it like Jedi Master of artful boundary setting, being able to tap into and be aware of your anger when it shows up um, is is so important. <laughs> There's no other sign that is so readily and easily accessible that there's a boundary that needs to be set. There, there's a boundary that perhaps has been breached, right? Your anger is going to tell you that this is so. Um, and so how do you start to tap into your anger? How do you start to pay attention to it if in fact you haven't, right? If in fact you're at a place where you're like, yeah, I'm angry, but whatever, like who isn't? Well, many people aren't. I have news for you. <laughs> um, lots of folks aren't angry. Um, and that doesn't make it wrong that you are experiencing it sort of chronically and um, in a low grade, maybe it flares up from time to time. There's nothing wrong with this. Um, and it's and it's worth paying attention to. So one thing I would do is head to the link in the show notes because there's a um, guide you can get that is all about anger and using anger for what it is, which is a red flag, like a bright spotlight that can help you be aware of what are the boundaries that are worth setting and how you might start go about setting them. So go check that out. It's called Anger is Awareness. Um, and then second is, well, there are a couple of things here in this category of second. So one is to start paying attention to when these feelings show up, right? And paying attention to the lower intensity emotions like annoyance, irritation, um, maybe feeling cranky about something, um, feeling resentment. This is a really, 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 really good one to pay attention to. Um, so if we're thinking about sort of the um, the umbrella, if we call anger like an umbrella emotion, and you think about everything that 
is encompassed in that, right? Like you don't necessarily get to rage right away. No, you start at like irritation. You start at annoyance. Maybe you graduate up to resentment and then you get to being like pretty gosh darn angry and then you get to rage after that, right? So you have this whole spectrum. So start to pay attention to where are the times and the moments when you feel annoyed or irritable or just like a little bit cranky and you're like, ugh, I'm like, what is this? <laughs> um, so one example might be, you know, if you are someone who, excuse me, is working in an office again, you're maybe you're commuting to work again and you notice that you're really annoyed because you have to sit in traffic and you're just like, gosh, darn it. Like, what the heck? This is the worst. I'm so irritated. I'm so annoyed with this. Blah. Well, what here is being caught? And then as you start to notice these moments, you can pick out and reflect on, well, what is being compromised? What, what part of my safety is being compromised now? If we keep with our example of sitting in traffic and feeling annoyed sitting in traffic, your safety, like your immediate safety, unless there's like, you know, somebody sideswipes you or cuts you off or something, um, there's not necessarily an immediate physical threat to your safety. What is happening, however, is that your sense of autonomy is threatened. You feel stuck. You have to sit in this traffic because you have to get where you're going. Um, and that is a threat to you. That is a threat to you being able to make decisions on your own terms about your time and energy and efforts. And also money because gas, as the case may be. Um, at any rate, you can you get the picture here. So you can start to notice, one, where are the moments where you start to feel these low levels of anger, irritability, resentment, your um, annoyance, and then you can start to think like, okay, what what here is threatened? And then the third step is to think like, well, what boundary can I set? And in terms of um, in terms of commuting and having to sit in traffic and this kind of thing, this can look any number of ways, right? It can look like, you know what, peace, I'm out, I'm going to work from home indefinitely, or like I'm only going to come in on off hours, right? I'm going to leave my house earlier or later than I than traffic tends to be. Or it could look like um, <clears throat> finding a carpool um, with a coworker, or it could look like, um, gosh, I don't know, I'm sort of spitballing here, but you get the idea that you can start to think about like, how can I regain that sense of autonomy? How can I regain control over my time and my schedule um, and my efforts? And then you can start to come up with some creative solutions around this. Um, another example might be, oh, I don't know. Um, maybe there's something around the house that, um, that isn't getting done, right? Like maybe you live with a whole bunch of people, like you have a bunch of roommates and there's a whole bunch of stuff in the sink on a regular basis. And that is super annoying and super irritable. Again, not a threat to your physical safety. Like you're fine. It just is annoying <laughs> to see all of these dishes in the sink on a regular basis. So pick up on that. Notice like, God, this is so annoying. That's a key moment. That's a really important moment to pay attention to. Um, and then you can think, okay, well, how can I reclaim my sense of autonomy here? What do I need to do to really take care of myself and set a boundary? Maybe it's having a house meeting about cleanliness. Maybe it's making a chore rotation schedule so that everybody has to 
pull their weight. Maybe it's assigning, um, you know, everybody cooks on a different night. And so whoever cooks cleans up or whoever cooks doesn't have to clean up and everybody else cleans up. Um, maybe it looks like you keep your own set of flatware and silverware and you just keep your own stuff clean and use that exclusively, right? So this can look like all kinds of different things in all kinds of different ways. Um, but paying attention to that annoyance is really the first step to get you rolling and figure out, okay, what do I need to do here in this moment? If you are someone who has been trained to ignore their anger, likely there's a lot um, that you have accumulated over the years. There are many annoyances, um, many different things here and there that on their own, not a super big deal. Like, doesn't really matter. But because you've, you've squashed everything down and you're just trying to hold everything close and tight, it gets to a place where it can explode very quickly. Um, and there's absolutely no shame here. I have no judgment for any of this. Um, I myself have been in that place more recently than I care to admit. Um, and I get it. It happens. And it can be tough to start to unravel that anger and understand what's going on with it when there's so much there and it feels really scary to deal with. And so for this, one, it can be super helpful to have somebody on board with you um, to help guide you through and support you through navigating like, gosh, I am so pissed off. Like, Oh, like, I don't even know how to deal with this. Like, it's so much. It's so big. Um, and so having somebody to sit with you and work with you through that can be very, very helpful. Um, and certainly this is one of the things that I talk with folks about in my own practice. Um, and so if you're interested in working with me one-on-one, -on -one, you can schedule an appointment, the link for which is in the show notes. Or if you go to artfulboundaries.com, you can get to that um, scheduling page. So having somebody with you to work through it can be super helpful, like I said. And then beyond that, um, paying attention to what's the threat. Um, some of this, there's so many aspects here, um, and I'm not going to do any of them justice because I'm trying to shove them all into a relatively short piece here. But thinking through what... Well, for one, if you have a history of trauma, anger is a really intense response that is your way of staying safe. And it is at a certain point it that anger isn't helping as much as your ego or your psyche thinks that it is. And in fact, it really holds folks apart from you. And this can be really damaging for relationships and developing community and close um, connections with folks. Um, and so paying attention to like, maybe there's something else going on here because I am so angry all the time. Well, what's the threat? What are you trying to keep away? What has happened that has been, um, that has tread upon your sense of being able to take care of yourself and being able to stay safe, um, on your own. And a lot of times you can see this a lot, so guilty pleasure here, full <laughs> full disclosure, um, I enjoy watching some reality TV shows that I probably shouldn't, um, among which are things like RuPaul's Drag Race and America's Next Top Model. And it's, I really enjoy the 
I enjoy them for a lot of reasons, but um, that's neither here nor there. If you watch these kinds of shows, and if you don't, I don't recommend that you start, but if you have seen these kinds of shows, you can see in the participants who are very angry how insecure they are, and sometimes they have very good insight and can point back to, like, this really terrible thing happened to me when I was a kid, and so now I'm really, really angry all the time, and I understand these two two things are related, but I feel too afraid to let that guard of my anger down. Um, and so that can be a helpful, if you watch these kinds of programs in that light, it can be helpful to see an external example of what that might look like. Um, and that can be, uh, at any rate, it can also be helpful to have somebody sit with you to work through that kind of, um, to work through that trauma and help you heal from that trauma so that you can start to build closer connections with folks as you go. Um, at any rate, I'm trying to think and remember what the other aspects were I wanted to talk about here. But, right, the other thing that can happen, right, maybe there's not a whole bunch of trauma, um, capital T trauma, like major event that was difficult and traumatic but if you i guarantee you if you are a woman living in the united states you have been conditioned to stuff your anger some of us take that conditioning in much more deeply than others and cling to it much more deeply than others but we all have it to some degree um and so it's worth paying attention to that and noticing where are the places where you feel like you can't speak up or express yourself or say like, hey, I'm really angry about this thing and we need to address it, right? Where are the places where you feel like you have to shove it down and is that valid? Sometimes, yes. Sometimes um, in as much as anger is a safety response, um, it's not safe to speak up and we have to kind of redirect the way that we would act because it is possible, you know, you don't want to blow up at work, certainly, but even having a calm discussion, maybe that might put your job in jeopardy. And so, right, like you have to do that calculus and figure out like, is it safe for me to speak up here? Yes or no? And if the answer is no, is the reason valid, like externally valid? Um, there can be reasons not to speak up that are simply because it's not quote-unquote ladylike or because um, you were taught that as a nice girl that you're not supposed to express anger in any way or you're just supposed to put up with it or you're just supposed to deal with it or your needs don't really matter anyway so why bother saying anything um these are all reasons for suppressing anger that are insufficient you need a better reason if you're gonna suppress your anger and if you're gonna put this on yourself and um you know go through the process of hurting yourself by suppressing your anger you need better reasons than this um which maybe is difficult to hear and also like that's the fact of the matter um, because you are 100, this is the flip side of it, you are 100% worthy of peace of mind and ease and safety, right? And part of the way that as humans, regardless of gender, part of the way that we 
are able to ensure peace of mind and safety and close connections with folks is being able to say like, hey, you did this thing and it pissed me off and this is why. This is what I need to happen in order to move through it. Um, It's important to be able to do this and to be able to speak up at the moment or as close to the moment as you possibly can when these things happen. Um, So at any rate, I would take note of that and pay attention to that as well. I'm trying to think if there's anything else I wanted to tack on here. Anger is so power-packed. It's a really... It's a really stunning emotion. um, And for so many reasons, but truly, 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 if you can learn to discern exactly what it is that your anger is telling you um, and what kinds of boundaries need to be put in place in order to restore your sense of safety, you'll get to a place where you really are at like a Jedi level of being able to set artful boundaries. Truly, truly, truly. Um, so it's worth paying attention to, it's worth taking note of and, um, and learning to work with. And this for some folks is a lifelong process. Um, and I suspect for myself (laughs) as an example, right? Like I have a very close relationship with anger and I probably, probably that will never go away for me. Um, and so I'm learning to reconcile this in a very specific way personally and, I suspect that many others of you who are listening are also in a place where um, you're not used to working with your anger, you're used to fighting against it. Um, And so I just want to offer a reframe that your anger is there for a purpose. It's really there to shine a light and put up the warning signs that say, hey, 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 like this, you need to pay attention to this. This thing is off. We need to fix this like specific thing. Um, and like I said, it can take some doing, it can take some time, but if you're not doing that work, there's some really, um, some really real (laughs) physiological effects that we can point to and say, Ooh, like this is probably, um, has to do with not addressing these difficult emotions, not being willing to explore them, sit with them and act according to the information that they're giving us. Um, so we're going to talk about things like burnout, compassion fatigue, chronic stress. Um, you know, these all have side of not side effects, but the effect of all of these things shows up as, you know, high blood pressure, altered blood chemistry, um, you know, having hormonal imbalances, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, which I share only to say that if you are wary of doing this kind of work, if you're feeling like, ugh, that sounds like so much effort, no, not into it. One, that's totally fine. You're obviously welcome to do that. And two, I encourage you to think through, like, what are, is, does health matter to you, right? Does your physical health matter to you? Does your mental health matter to you? Because if it does, at a certain point, you're going to need to prioritize the courage to sit with Um, these difficult emotions and take the actions that they are asking of you with the awareness that they bring to you. So uh, that was a lot, my friend. We covered so much ground in half an hour. (laughs) Um, So just to summarize here, a couple things. One, 
Just because something is familiar does not necessarily mean that it is safe or healthy for you. Um, and pay attention to that differentiation because it's worth noticing um, for a myriad of reasons, which are beyond the scope of this particular episode. And then two, learn to pay attention to that anger, particularly when you're at the low levels, um, like annoyance, irritation, Pay attention to that. Notice that and start small. Start practicing there. As you get better at it, as you get more acquainted with your anger, you can move up. You can start to dig into these things that have been built up potentially over decades that you've been stuffing and stuffing and stuffing and stuffing that sort of explode out over everyone at inopportune moments. Um, but for the meantime, start small. Just start with those those small times of annoyance and irritation or resentment. Um and start to pay attention there and start to set some artful boundaries around these things. And that will carry you far and that'll definitely get you moving in the right direction. All right, my friends. Oh, and of course, um, go to the show notes and you can get um, access to a couple of things. One is Anger as Awareness, which is an ebook that is available, or you can get a printed version um, as well on Amazon. There's a link there. And then also, if you're really wanting to, um, you know, I mentioned a lot of folks, a lot of women specifically, don't know how to reconcile service and boundaries. Um, I have a workshop that I put together. It's called Artful Boundaries One-on-One, and it's really designed for women who are in this situation where they work in a service-based industry. They think that they can't feel angry. They have to put up with everything just because that's the way it is. Um... And they're not sure how to go about setting artful boundaries because they feel like they they really can't um, because it's not for them because they just have to be there for everyone else always. Um, And so go to the show notes and check out Artful Boundaries 101. Um, It's 20 bucks. It's an hour long, um, which from my perspective is a minuscule investment that has like bananas high um, payoff. So go check that out um, and get access to that. It will get you very, very far, I promise. I have It's a variation of a talk I've given many times this year that has been exceptionally well-received each time I've given it. So at any rate, that is available to you as well as a resource. All right, my friends. Well, that is all I have for you this week. And take care until next Wednesday when I'll be back. All right, bye. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Every week I say it is both a pleasure and an honor to have you here and to share this time and space with you. And every week I mean it just the same, truly, from the bottom of my heart. This podcast has grown to a place where I never thought it would when I started it in 2019. And it's only because of you. It's because you're here. It's because you listen. It's because you keep showing up. Um, And I'm so grateful to you for that because I have so much fun doing the podcast. And to know that it has an impact means the world to me. To that end, I have a little bit of a favor to ask you. If you have just a minute or two, if you could take that time and leave us a review and a rating, that helps other people find the show. It helps other folks to know that this content is valuable and helps to further our impact and help us grow um, even more. So with that, I say thank you and until next time. Mm